This is unusual. I am writing this talk on paper in longhand with a pen. It's all because my computer has died. I haven't yet worked out how I'll be able to record it, but that's a problem for tomorrow. It was Jesus, wasn't it, who said, don't worry about tomorrow. Today is enough problems of its own. And if he'd read my writing, he'd probably have said, huh, and you'll have enough problems trying to read your own writing today. For now, husband is working on the computer before having to resort to taking it to the repair shop. This meant that at one point he asked me, what's your Windows password? I looked at him blankly and shrugged. I don't know. It's in the password file, which is on the not working computer. Hmm. Yes, that's another good reason to return to pen and paper. You know where you are with a bit of paper. If you can find it, that is. Anyway, ciao a tutti. I've just returned from a holiday in Italy. Regular listeners may recall that back in July, younger son and family, including my two youngest grandchildren, moved out there to live, leaving me distraught. With many Covid restrictions being lifted in September, I urged husband to plan a trip out there. He wanted to delay it, but I wanted, needed, to see my babies. So being the wonderful husband he is, he capitulated. With no flights available for a long time, we opted to drive. I'm using the royal we there. Husband does all the driving. And planning, and form filling, test arranging, and stressing. And he did it all perfectly, as we got there and back safely, and with no hold-ups at borders. Younger son and family live in a lovely house on the foothill of the Alps. The house came with an area of woodland, and it's very secluded and liberating, I suppose. Younger son and Nora, that's Italian for daughter-in-law, are very eco-minded and were keen to raise their children in as natural an environment as possible. With Nora being Italian by birth, they'd been strongly committed to the European ideal and were very upset as were many of us when Britain left the EU, fearing potential problems ahead. So a move to Italy seemed to them to be the answer, taking them, as it did, nearer to the in-laws as well. They thought about it a lot, especially during lockdown, and it became a dream for them, something that if they could achieve it would change their lives completely for the better. They had an answer for every possible problem we raised. It was all going to be wonderful. Well, they're there now, and a lot of good things have happened, but there are still problems to resolve, not least of which is approaching winter in a very cold mountain area while living in a house that, at time of writing, doesn't have any heating. But they're following their dream. I'll show my age now by quoting from an Elvis song. When a dream is calling you, there's just one thing that you can do. You've got to follow that dream wherever that dream may lead. I was trying to remember what dreams I had when I was young, and it occurs to me that I'm not entirely sure I ever had any. Oh, there were jobs I could see myself doing, but that was fairly half-hearted. I don't think I ever said it. Maybe I didn't even realise it. But I suppose all I ever really wanted to do was be a wife and mother. That has made me complete. Which sounds very non-PC in these days when, thanks to the changes in society, that have been happening since the 1960s, women are free to do and be anything they want. But the women's lib movement was intended to be freeing for all women, allowing them choice. And that's the crucial word. 
my right to choose to be a wife and mother is just as important as the right of another woman to not want children and instead to dedicate herself to her dream, whatever that is. I was fortunate in having a husband with a job that paid enough for me to be able to stay at home and raise my children, and who also understood, I think better than I did, that that was what made me happy. I have been incredibly blessed in my life. I'm aware of that and so grateful for it. Showing my age again in the musical South Pacific, Bloody Mary, a Vietnamese trader, sings a song called Happy Talk. In it, she sings, you've got to have a dream. If you don't have a dream, how are you going to have a dream come true? And now I realise that my dream did come true, that our children are my success story, my dream fulfilled. It's strange, I'd never thought of it like that before. Having the opportunity to write and present these talks is opening my eyes to many things helping me to grow and be more accepting of who I am, which, if you've listened to many of my previous talks, you may recall is something with which I struggle. I'm happy to say we did a good job of raising our children, helping them become the people they are, and individuals I'm proud to call my offspring. But even though their lives now go on separately from ours, it doesn't mean the worrying stops. I wonder if God worries about us. I'm sure he must sometimes put hand to forehead and in true Victor Meldrew fashion exclaim, I don't believe it. That's some silly thing I've done. But it doesn't stop him loving me. Just as the bad decisions made by our children don't stop us loving them. Yes, I admit it, I think our son's decision to move to Italy was unwise. But it was their choice, their dream. And I do admire them for chasing that dream for wanting to do what they believe is in the very best interests of their children. Even if I think they're wrong. <laughs> it's hard being a parent. So what does God say about dreams? Often when the Bible talks about dreams, it means the ones people have when they sleep. In both Old and New Testaments, God spoke to people in dreams. And in the famous stories of both Daniel and Joseph, the interpretation of dreams was also vitally important. But having a plan for the future you envisage, that's a different sort of dream. Younger son and Nora have plans for their children, plans to prosper them and not to harm them, plans to give them a hope and a future. In fact, just like the plans the Lord had for Jeremiah. And they are plans for good. And so should be encouraged. In spite of the fact I still wish they hadn't gone and long for them to come back, which isn't going to happen. One of the verses I've kept coming back to time and again over recent months is from John's Gospel, where Jesus says this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Life is there for living, for us to be as alive as we can, living for God, our neighbours and ourselves. And if we are going to be those people, full of life, the ones who are assured of God's love and are able to give it away as freely as we receive it, then following our dreams is important. Sometimes those dreams are going to mean hard work and maybe some disappointments. But when you have a dream, an aim, when you know what you're working for and you can see it, maybe not quite on the horizon, but at least peeping over, then the hard times are less hard, maybe, sometimes. We know God wants the very best for our lives. He loves us so much. He created this amazing world for us to inhabit. He gave his son for us. Of course he wants only the best for us, but sometimes it doesn't feel like that. 
As you probably know, Martin Luther King Jr. was a Baptist minister and social activist leading the civil rights movement in America until he was assassinated in 1968. His dream was for a future where children would, one day, live in a nation where they will not be judged by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. He talked a lot about his dream in his most famous speech, delivered to a crowd of 250,000 peaceful protesters from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington in 1963. As we know, while much of what Dr King fought for has been achieved, there is still a lot left to do before people of all colours, gender, sexuality, race and religion can truly be considered equal. Even last year, a new Black Lives Matter campaign caused uproar in some places. But does that mean Dr King was foolish to pursue the dream, that he failed to achieve his ambition? Of course not. All of us today have reason to be grateful to Dr King and others like him, who have been willing to face prison, indeed have ended up spending long years in prison, and even living with threats to their lives and their families, because they also believed in a dream. In 1964, in his Nobel Peace Prize acceptance speech, Dr King said he accepted the award with an audacious faith in the future of mankind. It can be hard to hang on to that audacious faith sometimes, particularly when we look around the world today. But we're relying, as King was, not on people, but on God. He gives the dream and he will bring it about in his time. In 1968, Dr. King said, I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we, as a people, will get to the promised land. The next day, he was killed by a sniper's bullet. Had he had another dream, had God shown him his future, that like Moses, he wouldn't enter the promised land? It sounds like it, I think, doesn't it? But here's another excerpt from his iconic speech. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Could that be God's dream for the world? And as God's people, should that be our dream too, to see a just and fair for all world, a level playing field? Younger son and Nora have some hard times coming, but they are following their dream, knowing, hoping they will see it fulfilled. As Bruce Springsteen sings, though trouble can feel like it's here to stay, I'm working on a dream. Maybe it's time we all started dreaming a bit more. Well, not the weird dreams where the postman has just arrived for Christmas dinner, but you're still in your bathing costume and your dead mother-in-law is introducing you to the Queen who's waiting at the bus stop. No, I mean the dreams that we've tried to forget. The dreams we've buried, given up on. The ones that can never come true now. Maybe it's not too late. One thing I have noticed is that God tends to give us dreams according to our abilities, our skills, our gifts. Although sometimes it takes a long time for us to recognise and acknowledge our gifts and the potential value they have for others. I was in my 30s before I started writing with any thought of being published anywhere and it's probably taken me to my 60s to be able to say, I can write, 
I can use my writing to help others, even if it's only to make them laugh. I'm still dreaming of being a famous million-seller author, but maybe I'll have to settle for being the best granny in the world to seven little people. That's not a bad thing to be. Which makes me wonder, what was Jesus' granny like? Now, there's a story in itself. <laughs>